I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is gopowercat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald. Thank you for listening to this PowerCat podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode of the PowerCat podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast network. And if you enjoy this podcast please consider becoming a subscriber to GoPowerCat.com. We cover the Wildcats like no one else with our VIP customers enjoying one-of-a-kind coverage from our team of professional journalists. And sign up today for an annual subscription to GPC and grab a 30% discount on your first year. And now here's the PowerCat Podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat post-game podcast, presented by Caddyshack Golf, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat post-game podcast, presented by Caddyshack Golf. Bad news out of Stillwater. Man, just when you thought K-State was rolling, the Wildcats lose to the Oklahoma State Cowboys 26-13. I'm Tim Fitzgerald, Go Powercat publisher. Joining me on the line here is Brian Hanley, our football analyst for GoPowerCat.com and a former Kansas State offensive lineman. Caddyshack Golfware, Caddy with two Ts. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com for all of your officially licensed golfing willy apparel, accessories, and more. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Remember to do that, and we will also pick a Caddyshack Golf Question of the Week from either Twitter or our message board, Wabash Station. Uh, Brian, it might be some hard questions coming from people, and why shouldn't it be? Kansas State didn't look engaged from the very start of this game. The defense showed some glimpses early, but offensively, K-State was never really involved in this contest. It was It's hard to explain, isn't it? Yeah, it was, it was bad. Um, I mean, we didn't... It didn't look like we just were ready. I mean, they came out and punched us in the mouth. We knew that was going to happen. We knew they were going to come out with their hair on fire from last week. And it just seemed like we had no idea what was going on. They were bigger, faster, stronger. But we kind of knew that going in. But we just didn't compete. That first half was ugly. Yeah. You know, I was hoping that lightning delay, K-State could use that to regroup. And they had uh, one moment. If you're watching on the ESPN Plus feed, you didn't really get to see this moment because for some reason they came back right at the first snap and then didn't have their cameraman in place. They said they something about policy. I don't know. The, the players can be on the field 10 minutes before they start right. playing again. That that sounded like an excuse to me. So most people miss this. One brief glimmer of hope in that first half, maybe the offense was going to come back to life. 
And now let's go to Stillwater with Wyatt Thompson on the call as part of the Learfield Network's Kansas State Sports Network. Jordan Brown, the running back, goes now to the right of Thompson. Sky wants to throw, winds up and throws deep sideline. Up into the air to get it is Sammy Wheeler. Did he catch it inbounds? I believe he did. He got it right in front of A.J. Green. First down for Kansas State. That was the offensive highlights for the first half, for the most part. <laughs> yeah, the first half, I mean, that was really, really bad, Tim. I mean, the offensive line wasn't engaged. You weren't pushing people around. But you know what? I'll be honest with you. There were opportunities. And I know this is going to sound bad, but, you know, I'm just being honest. It didn't look like we had opportunities in certain formations, and it was either – that Skyler didn't have the the ability to check or didn't check into run plays when we spread them out and they were in that three man line and they had five or two linebackers, just five guys in the box. I'm like, Oh, he's going to check to a run. We'll be able to run the ball. Yeah. And we didn't. And I, I, I literally, maybe we can't check to runs out of those formations or something, but there were some opportunities missed. This was a bad team game, offense, defense, we got out coached. It was just a bad night. Yeah, you're exactly right. I didn't think Skyler was uh, mentally checked in the whole game, and I hate to put it that no. way, but it just didn't look like he was making proper reads, like you said, getting team the team into the right plays, and certainly there was a play in which he tucked it and ran it and had no chance to pick up the first down when Landry Weber was standing right in front of him, wide yep. open for a first down, and, and Skyler seemed to just lock in on running the ball when that was the worst of his choices. I it was very strange to see him be like that because I think he got frustrated and got into his own head uh, and they had him beaten mentally more than physically. Yeah. yeah I mean, that, you could see that for, just like you said, from the very beginning, um, I won't put it all on him because like I said, it didn't look like, it looked like Oklahoma state's coaching staff was in our coaching staff's head from the very outset of this football game as far as the defense to our offensive side. It just looked like they knew what we were doing. They knew when it was coming. But, again, there were opportunities. But one thing I will say, Tim, is that our receiving core literally got no separation. There was no separation. We weren't open for the most part on most plays. I know every now and then there were guys open, but for the most part, guys just didn't get separation. And it was one-on-one coverage, and it, it just was a bad first half. Well, that brings us to our first question from Twitter. Zach Tagana Doom, great name, by the way, uh, wanted to know how much did that loss of Malik Knowles affect the offense today? It seemed to be more than I ever imagined because of this, Brian. K-State seemed to come out wanting to throw the ball against a defense that has had problems stopping the run. They didn't seem... Uh, very committed to the run game in this contest. No. And I can't figure that out. And it's going to be a no. question Chris Kleiman's going to have to answer. Yeah, he is. Like I said, there's opportunities to run. Like we talked about on the pregame, Oklahoma State's defense isn't that good. They're not very good. There were plenty of opportunities for us to move the football. And it seemed like we let them, their team speed intimidate us when we could have just played bully ball, got physical, still spread them out, you know, because again, they have better athletes than we do. Let's just be honest. They do. But if you spread them out and you run the ball, 
you can do that. That's what you can absolutely do against Oklahoma State, and we did not do that. And kind of what you said, I have no idea why, because there were plenty of opportunities to do it. Well, certainly not having Malik Knowles seemed to put a little crimp in the plans for Kansas State. They couldn't get receivers open. Uh, I just find it difficult that nobody was open. Of course, with the broadcast, we really couldn't see very much going on. We didn't get real, we didn't get replays and that type of thing. And it was a shoddy performance by K State and by ESPN Plus, but. Um, I, I tell you what, I, I don't understand the blocking schemes. It looked like a, tif- tip- a entirely different approach to blocking than what they've done in the first three games. There wasn't much pulling. There wasn't much. They just seemed to want to go straight ahead with, you know, zone blocking, and it didn't work. And it took them forever to get out of that. Yeah, it did. I it was I was really disappointed. Like I said, I it was like. Oklahoma State's defensive coaches were in our offensive coaches' heads. They knew what was coming. We didn't do the things that could have been successful. It's kind of what you said. I noticed it myself. I was like, why aren't we – there wasn't a whole lot of counters. There wasn't – I mean, we do a lot of different formations, a lot of different blocking schemes that trick defenses, and we didn't do that. We didn't do any of those things to be successful. It was almost like – we just, I mean, we didn't lay down, but it just seemed like, okay, we're just going to do this. And they stop it. They stop it. And I, I didn't understand it. It was just wasn't a good night. Well, it, it was really a frustrating night from the get go in watching Kansas state's offense. And you're right. It, if I didn't know better, Oklahoma state had Kansas state's entire game plan and signals. And they knew what K state was running every time they knew what formation to be in defensively. It was very, very frustrating. And yet Brian K state was still in this game. I mean, you go into halftime, you're only down 16 to three and you just got your butts whooped up and down the field, but two touchdowns and you're in the lead You get the ball to start the second half. And they don't do anything at the Wheeler uh, long ball there really. And uh, you know, they get a field goal. They, they just, They never found any kind of groove until very late in the game when Oklahoma State honestly looked gassed, and and they shouldn't have been because they weren't on the field very often defensively. Right. Well, the big turning point for me that I thought, and, I mean, they dominated us from the outset. Right. But we had an opportunity, 13-25 in the second quarter. It was third and one, and we jumped off sides. Right. And I was like, holy cow, what are we doing? And then – the play that we ran on third uh, is the one that you were talking about. And he was just intent on running. I'm like, Oh man, what is going on? It just, we were just out of sync. And I was for sure. Hey, you know what? Let's reset. We've got this, this delay. It gives us an opportunity to regroup. It gives the coaches an opportunity to regroup. And I thought, you know what? We're going to come out and we're going to do some, uh, some things different. Cause we know what our game plan is not working. And we didn't go away from it for a really long time, and it was real disappointing. But, again, Oklahoma State should have had 50 points, and they didn't. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, They really should have. They ran as a team for 373 yards in the game. They had a total of 526 yards to K-State's 244. They had 21 first downs. K-State had eight. This was not a 26 to 13 final score. This was a 46 to 13 final score, dressed yes. up as something more tame because it really was domination. But I'm going to give the defense some credit for much of the game. They kind of hung around. They kind of uh, made some stuff happen. They looked pretty good at times. And on the second snap of the game, Wyatt Hubert made his presence felt. Here we go. 
Sanders gets a quick snap, fakes, pressured, sacked by Wyatt Hubert back at the 41-yard line. For all the troubles, Brian, that this defense had by game's end when he added all up, they had their moments of looking pretty good. Yeah, they did. They, they weren't – I mean, they were playing really well early, and it was like a big play here, a big play there. It also didn't help that they were playing pretty much the whole first half on our end. Right. I mean, that didn't help anything, but they stemmed the tide. I mean, they, they should have had 28 points at the half, and they had 16. We were right there. Uh, it was incredible. It really was. I, it's hard to explain. And, of course, the James Gilbert uncharacteristic fumble that set up a, a score for Oklahoma State was very costly. K-State hasn't turned the ball over on offense until that moment this season. Just a bunch of things just we're out of sorts for the Wildcats the entire game. And when we get back after this brief break, we're going to take more questions. We're going to find our question of the week. And remember, we're sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. Use the code GPC on your next order and get free shipping. We will be right back with the Powercat Postgame Podcast. Stay locked in. The Powercat Podcast will be right back. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the Powercat post-game podcast sponsored by Caddy Shack Golf. For K-Staters, by K-Staters, jackets, hats, polos, t-shirts, golf accessories, Caddyshack Golfware. Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com. And remember to use your code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Uh, let's get some questions here from Wabash Station. Um, and P. Hank wants to know this. And we were just talking about how good the defense looked at times. And boy, did they look awful at other times. Chuba Hubbard. 25 
five carries, 296 yards. He had some big ones, ended up averaging 11.8. On the other end of that offensive spectrum, Tylen Wallace, their great receiver, eight catches, 145. Spencer Sanders was pretty darn good himself. He was only 16 to 25. He did throw two interceptions, which were helpful, uh, but he ran the ball 14 times for 52 yards. He was just solid. He didn't need to be good. He had Hubbard running all over, and P. Hank wants to know, did Elijah Sullivan, the middle linebacker, get exposed a little bit tonight? I mean, to be honest, I mean, he's a little linebacker. Um, I don't know if he necessarily got exposed, but I, you can't just blame it all on one guy. Um, I mean, when a guy's running for that many yards, it's not going to be one person. We didn't have the proper fits. We talked about it in the pregame podcast. We got to have the right fits or this was going to happen. I mean, you got to be in the places that you're supposed to be. And for a lot of times, guys were. But I'm not going to blame this all on Sullivan. I mean, yeah. yeah, he didn't have a good game, but when somebody's running for that many yards, you can't just say it's all one guy. Yeah, I, you know, I'd love to go back and look at that the replay of how they defended because it seemed like they were vacated in the middle quite a bit. They bent back a guy and there was no one on the next level. It was very frustrating and I really like to go back and look at post alignment. I'm the son of a football coach who could have told me everything that went wrong on the play two seconds after it was done, but I'm not blessed with that gift. Unfortunately, I have to go back and watch the film. Um, and I thought the guys were out of position. There was no other way to explain it for those wide open gaps. Yo Mama wants to know this as we continue to talk about Chuba Hubbard um, because he'll be in our nightmares for a long time. Is, is this guy going to get himself into the Heisman talk and will he be in the NFL next year? I think he's an NFL guy. I think he's an NFL guy. Uh, the way that they use him and the way the running backs are being used in the National Football League with, and plus with his speed, he's absolutely an NFL guy. Whether he's in the Heisman talk or not, I mean, the Heisman is pretty much changed into a quarterback trophy. I mean, you know, it's a quarterback award. And so I don't know if he's going to get it. I know that he, I mean, when you're the leading rusher in the country and then you come out and do this, um, I, I don't know how else he can't be in that conversation. We didn't help him or we didn't hurt his chances. We didn't help yeah. ourselves. I mean, so I, I definitely think he's going to be in that conversation, but Heisman talk, I mean, it's it's a quarterback award. Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, that uh, there, it might be the third year in a row it's an Oklahoma quarterback award. Oh my goodness, that's crazy! <laughs> um, it, it, it is incredible. You know what I was most surprised about in this game was that offensive line for Kansas State that has been so dominant, so physical, so mean, and bullied Mississippi State around was passive and got pushed around. And, Monica, we're going to call this our uh, Caddyshack Golf question of the week. She wants to know, were the Wildcats just outmanned across the board in every position? I don't know if it was necessarily in every position, but it was very apparent very early that they didn't have – I mean, this is where the lack of recruiting showed up. And, I mean, they were bigger, stronger – faster than we were um it, it, they just were our offensive line did get they got pushed around I mean, we couldn't run the ball but I, I don't again i'm not going to blame it all on them a lot of it was some play calling some schemes what we weren't doing 
Um, there again, there were opportunities, especially in that first half. There were opportunities, and we just didn't take advantage of yeah. them. So it, it was a bad night all around. But this was a game where you know what Oklahoma State is, and they came out and punched us in the mouth, and we just did not recover. Well, I missed the final score of Mississippi State and Auburn, but it didn't look pretty. And Dan, the Dan Rungi or Rungi from Twitter wants to know, uh, Mississippi State, not very good, huh? Now, keep in mind, they did win over Kentucky last week, but they didn't look good against Auburn. And maybe that win was a little bit overvalued for K-State. Yeah, I mean, obviously we'll see a little bit more of that down the road, but they got boathoused. I mean, just destroyed. I don't even know how good Auburn's offense really is, but it was, I didn't look at, obviously didn't look at the game. I was watching the K-State game. I was checking the scores and I'm like, it was 21, nothing before you could even blink and they got destroyed. So we'll see down the road. I mean, we'll see what Mississippi state is. I don't want to discount our win on the road. Anytime you go on the road and win a football game, uh, you know, against a a power five opponent, I'm never going to discount that. So I don't think that we should just, be jumping off the bridge just yet. It's one game, yep. kind of like we talked about. The games that we won were one game. This is just one game. We didn't play good. I mean, we played bad. Let's just call it what it is. We played bad. We coached bad. But we didn't get destroyed. You know, again, right. it, it was it was a obviously the score wasn't indicative of how the game went, but we were there. We had an opportunity. That's all I'll say. Yeah, Ricky Tiki Tavi says, um, you know, there's that old saying, you're never as good as it seems or as bad as it seems. And That's right. uh, that really applies here. It really does. Yeah, it does. I don't think this was, uh, I think this was a bad night at the office. You go back to the, the drawing board, you look at film Sunday, and if you're the coaches and the players, you get in there on Monday and you start fixing what went wrong and you get ready for Baylor. You just get move on, don't you? You can't linger on this thing. No, absolutely not. Fix what you can fix and just move on. Um, Again, different game plan, different team. Uh, It's one game. And if you're going to dwell on it, this is where you don't want one week to beat you the next week. It's time to just look at the film, figure out what you did wrong, figure out what you did right, and move on to the next game. It's just as simple as that. We've got a long season. It's one game. We still have plenty of goals out there. Really is. K-State's at 3-1 and one now as they head home to play the Baylor Bears next Saturday afternoon at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, and you can get right back on the horse. I mean, nobody thought this team was going to go 12-0, 13-0, 15-0, and be national champions. So uh, it is a, it's a loss. It's a conference loss. It counts a little bit more, but they have plenty of time to regroup, and for a team pick ninth, I can, I can guarantee you this, as I sit here tonight, not one part of me, even after this effort, thinks this team's going to finish down towards the bottom of the Big 12 standings. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's just not going to happen. The, the lingering question, though, is Malik Knowles. And he, it sounds like he's going to be out for a little while. My guess would be maybe into the you know midseason, maybe back for Oklahoma a little bit after, if it is indeed is a small fracture in his foot. Uh, they've got to find an answer out there. They've got to find a playmaker, someone that has a little bit more burst to him because they're not getting separation. So it might be time to really you know look around the roster and see who can play some receiver. Absolutely. Um, I know we like to, we're trying to redshirt some guys, but 
it, what are we really trying to do? We're trying to build a program. Right. So if you're wanting to build a program, let some guys play. I mean, that's what the good programs do. They let young guys that can play, they let them play. So I know this is the first year and you want to have older guys down the road, but we have a chance for something here. And I think we should take advantage of it if we can. Let's move into the second half now. And I tell you what, it's 23 to three K state kind of moves down the field and it stalls out on them. And coach Kleiman elects to kick a 37 yard field goal down 20 points with 12, 16 left in the game. I was a little surprised by that. Yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Um, Mostly for two reasons. One, obviously you need to wake your team up you know you're not in for tomorrow victories we scored three more points you need to wake your team up tell them we're going to make this first down and we're going to go get a touchdown but also mathematically i mean you're still down three scores you're you're still in the same position you score three times i didn't understand it and lo and behold it didn't take long after that before k-state to actually put together a drive that covered 49 yards in six plays and james gilbert goes in the end zone and now you're down 23 13 you're you're still down two scores, and you're about out of time, and it didn't matter at the end of the day because Oklahoma State took over the ball, and K-State was gassed on defense. I couldn't stop them. But I, yeah. I, thought, I thought Coach Kleiman maybe uh, made some decisions that he's going to go back at, and look at film and go, why, why did I do that? I need to keep fighting for my team. Right. Yeah, it, it, it looked like a defeated move or just a move to, hey, you know what, let's get some points versus, you know what, let's go try to win. Let's go see what we can do. Uh, it was disappointing, but, you know, they're the coaches. They know what they're doing. Uh, I didn't necessarily like it, but you know what, We're let's move on and live to see another day. I, I interpreted it this way, Brian. It looked like a head coach who had never really been in that position. Yeah. He's, You're right. He's always won, or it's been a very competitive game. He's never been in a position as a head coach to, to start thinking, okay, now we need to get this back and that back, thinking three scores, the next chess moves. It was just like, let's take these points and, and try to get a defensive stop. Well, by doing that, you needed two defensive stops, and that the team didn't have it at that point. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. Uh, I didn't even think of it that way. That's a really good point. It's just not in a position that he's ever been in. But you know what? This is big-time football. Not that yep. he, you know, he wasn't in the top of his league when he, where he was coaching. This is just a different realm. Yeah, true. And games are going to be like this. And, you know, you got to – that's part of coaching. Part of coaching is knowing what to do in certain situations. That's why you get paid the big bucks. And that just wasn't a move that was going to be successful for us now or down the road. We just, we needed to do something different there to give our team a chance. And when you kick a field goal, you're not giving your team a chance. I agree. It was very disappointing to see that happen. And it was just a disappointing night all around. In fact, it got so bad at one point, I was hoping ESPN plus would have another outage where we couldn't see the game. Uh, because it just wasn't fun to watch. Not a good effort by Kansas State, not a good effort by ESPN Plus, but wow, what an effort by Oklahoma State, that team that we thought had a bad defense. They look like the Bears. They looked really good. They looked they looked really, really amazing. And I, I tell you what, uh, if that's the Oklahoma State team we're going to see from here on out, they're going to really regret that loss to Texas because that team could have won the game because they played a different defense. They played a lot of four-man front tonight or you know they realigned that instead of just straight three men they played at texas and got you know 
gouged pretty good, and I think that caught Casey off guard. They weren't prepared for that, and they didn't adjust to it. So some concerning things coming out of this game, but overall, Kansas State gets out of there with one loss. You only lost this game once. It may not have been pretty, but you're 3-1 and one as you come home. You're 0-1 in the Big 12. Oklahoma State's 4-1 and 1-1 one and one and one after a 26-13 loss to the, to the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And uh, I wish we had more positive things to say. Skylar Thompson didn't look good. The running game didn't get look, look good. The offensive line looked bad. Uh, the defense gave up too many yards despite some nice plays at some times, and the coaching decisions weren't great. So be it. Onward you go. And let's try to leave you with one good thought as we get out of this. K-State did score a touchdown, Brian Hanley. They had yes, they did. And it came late in the game as James Gilbert found the end zone. We will talk to you next week with our pregame podcast, and we'll be back again with our postgame podcast following that game with the Baylor Bears next week in Manhattan. And we'll let Wyatt Thompson take us out. Wing right, two receivers make it, three receivers to the right. Here's a touchdown run straight up the middle, angling left. James Gilbert scores the first Wildcat touchdown of the night. You've been listening to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast presented by Caddyshack Golf. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.